I'm Craig. It's good to be with you again. Forgive me if you hear me uh, making odd noises or I just pass out for a while. <laughs> I'm dealing with some allergies and stuff. So uh, that's the way it goes in Oklahoma, my friend. Uh, but we press on. The uh, the classic toy. Do you remember CNSA? The farmer says there are multiple updated versions of it now. Basically, you point the arrow to an animal, pull the lever or the string, and then listen to the sound that particular animal makes. Yeah, it's an animal identification game, is what it is, an identification game. See it, say it, hear it. And I was thinking, whoa, we can use that pattern for letting go, for identifying uncomfortable emotional sensations or thoughts. There's many ways we can do this, but I, I like, I've, I've taken the title, the four S's of letting go, from Don Riso and Russ Hudson of the Enneagram, but I'm going to unpack it in my own words, the four S's of letting go. I think can really serve us well in emotional regulation and processing. You know, uh, side note, every now and then I just try to offer new ways and practices because it's not one size fits all. You know, what resonates with one might not resonate with the other. So it's fun to experience and learn different ways to do the same thing, different ways of letting go, different ways of letting be. And maybe the four S's will resonate with you. Quick note, episode 60, entitled, I know, let go, but how? Could be a helpful episode for you to listen to regarding uh, letting go. All right, you ready? The four S's of letting go are see it, say it, sense it, stay with it. Let's unpack each one of these. See it. Just think we are headed towards absolutely clear sight in Christ Jesus. You ever thought of that? Part of 1 John 3, 2 reads, We know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him. As he is, oh my goodness, one day you will finally and freely and fully see. <laughs> I cannot wait for that. Oh my goodness. In the meantime, we see or know in part, as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 13, 9, that word know can mean to recognize or to perceive. So we are in Christ practicing, among many things, practicing seeing, recognizing, and perceiving reality in the moment. Because when we truly see, we are truly present. We can choose to see it. Whatever uncomfortable moment we find ourselves in, whatever uncomfortable emotional sensation or thought, just see it. You don't have to run from it or deny its presence, even though it's quite easy to do because it feels safer and less painful when we can just run away, <laughs> pretend it's not there. You know, toddlers, when they... They try to hide right in front of you just by putting their hands over their eyes and they think they're gone <laughs> and you're gone. <laughs> I wish it worked that way. But the truth is we don't have to close our eyes. Remember that a thought, a feeling, an emotion is simply an indicator, a clue as to what is going on in you that wants to be seen. It wants attention. It has a story to tell. It's also revealing a place in you that God longs to touch with his healing and transformative presence. So we can, in a sense, repeat the words of the healed blind man in John 9, 25. There is one thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. I'd like to apply that to a moment. You know, this very moment I was blind, but now I see. We don't have to be afraid to see it, to be observant, to be watchful, filled with wide-eyed childlike faith and wonder. The late novelist Peter Matheson put it beautifully. Soon, the child's clear eye is clouded over by ideas and opinions, preconceptions and abstractions. Simple free being becomes encrusted with the burdensome armor of the ego. 
Not until years later does an instinct come that a vital sense of mystery has been withdrawn. The sun glints through the pines and the heart is pierced in a moment of beauty and strange pain, like a memory of paradise. After that day, we become seekers. Isn't that beautiful? We are seekers. It's the very nature of sons and daughters of God. And when we choose to see it, we choose to calmly observe the present moment. And you and I get to do this with the Holy Spirit. We get to co-observe. It's a partnership of seeing. You know, in a sense, as a daughter or son of God who has the Spirit of Christ in you, you have more than one set of eyes. (laughs) It's kind of fun to think about. Whatever you first sense, feel, perceive, or think, just pause and see it. Then say it. Consciously and non-judgmentally, name the state you find yourself in. Hmm, I'm nervous. A part of me is nervous. I'm anxious about such and such. I have this thought right now. When we name it, we tame it. For more on that, listen to episode 79. Naming what we would call a negative emotion, circumstance, thought, is not negativity. It's confidence. Jesus had no problem saying to his disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He was so confident in the Father and real enough with his own humanity that he had no problem truly saying what he was experiencing. And we can do the same. All you're doing is verbally acknowledging what your eyes or inner perception already see. You're acknowledging reality. Some of us have been taught that you empower that stuff when you speak it out, when you say it. Well, I would say it depends on your intention. We can say it as a victim, or we can say it as an investigator, right? In 2007, a brain imaging study by UCLA psychologists revealed that verbalizing or journaling our feelings makes our sadness, anger, pain, whatever you're feeling, less intense. Episode 88 of this podcast is called A Simple Way to Pause with Emotion. Give that a a listen to when you can. And this, this naming, this saying it, is also known as affect labeling. So after you see it, then you say it, and then sense it. Rizzo and Hudson state that every intense state registers somewhere in the body. Identify this place of tension and sense what it feels like. Ooh, And some of us don't like doing that. (laughs) I know there's times where I'm like, uh, man, I feel you crawling on my arm, but I want to pretend you're not there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And of course, as you see it and say it, you are at the same time feeling it. But the idea of sensing it simply means to take the time to tend to your body, to go from head to body. To not only think and hold on to ideas about the emotion, but to physically acknowledge it and allow your body to naturally process it. Partner with your body. And yes, of course, this is a big practice. Partner with your body because it's communicating with you. Acknowledge where in your body you're feeling the discomfort of whatever emotional sensation or circumstance you're experiencing. It can sound like this, I feel anxious. A part of me feels anxious. I feel it in my stomach, a little bit in my throat. There's, there's a heat to it, a gripping tension, and even a weight to this emotional sensation in my body right now. Then breathe. And as you practice slowly breathing in and out, imagine directing that healing breath 
to that area of your body. Lay your hands there as you continue to breathe in tandem with the Holy Spirit. Those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit, one breath. In sensing it, you are being compassionate to yourself. That's what your body wants. You're being compassionate to your body as it bears the momentary burden of what your soul, your mind, and emotions are experiencing. After all, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, you've heard me say this numerous times, your entire being is spirit, soul, and body. What affects one affects the other. As you sense it, you're compassionately processing it with your body. You're addressing your body's partnership and the role it plays regarding your emotional, mental, and spiritual health and well-being. See it. Say it. Sense it. And finally, stay with it. Basically, don't rush. Don't be afraid of the pain. It's natural to just want it to be over with as fast as possible, but that's really uh, could be an act of resistance instead of release and surrender. By its very nature, that uncomfortable emotion, the feeling, the thought, is designed to move on. Staying with it gives it that much-needed time for it to move on. And yes, it will first feel like it, it's just getting bigger. <laughs> and even other emotions might surface, and that's okay. Just stay with it by breathing. You're already, you, you've already seen it, you've said it, you've sensed it. Now, stay with it. Breathe. 478 breathing, a natural tranquilizer for the nervous system. In through the nose for four seconds, hold for seven, out through the mouth for eight. Breathing opens up the dam that resistance creates and allows movement and flow. Surf the urge to react, panic, or freak out. For more on that, you can listen to episode 63. I know I'm peppering this one with a lot of supplemental episodes. See it, say it, sense it, stay with it. Say it with me. See it, say it, sense it, stay with it. Even, even as we say that, do you feel the invitation to calm? Even when I say that, I'm like, oh. There's a, there's a unique calm that comes over me. See it, say it, sense it, stay with it. That's the vocabulary. That's the language of a son and daughter of God, of a co-investigator, co-observer with the Holy Spirit. Enjoy practicing this. Enjoy hosting with the Holy Spirit everything that comes your way. As psychotherapist Francis Weller says regarding emotions and experiences, they all have vitality in it. And that is our work to be alive, and to be a good host to whoever arrives at the door of our house. Hey, thanks for letting me hang out with you. Uh, real quickly, best-selling author and investigative journalist Lee Strobel is back at accessmore.com with The Case for Heaven. It's a companion podcast to the movie. It's designed to explore the evidence for the afterlife in order to address man's biggest fear, death. Yeah, this will challenge encourage and inspire you as Strobel dares to probe the most important question. If there is a heaven, can we prove it? So check it out at accessmore.com. <laughs>